Hey, I'm Pastor Rhonda. And I'm Pastor Seth. You're listening to Growing Hope. Living Faith. Well, welcome back to the podcast. We are so glad that you guys are here. We've made it through the Easter season. Yes. Such yes. a busy time, I know, for all of us. And uh, I know yeah. it's a busy time for you as well with family and all that get yes. together. It was beautiful, though, yes. in Georgia. I mean, it rained like all day Friday, mm-hmm. Saturday, but Sunday, it was perfect. It was so beautiful, and all of my babies and grandbabies and yeah. parents, we, we had a great time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you had a sunrise service? Yes. I, I didn't make it to sunrise. <laughs> I was a heathen. And, no, uh, it was very <laughs> sweet. It was a very sweet service, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know, I just kind of soaked in those yeah, words, you know, good. sitting out. We had a heater though. It was mm. like a, I don't know what you call it. It had fire. Yeah. <laughs> like a yeah fire I saw pit. the pictures for sure. It looked awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Breakfast was amazing. I yeah. ate food on Sunday that mm-hmm. I have not eaten in months, yeah. but yeah, I know I'm back on track. But That's it good. was good. That yeah. was a great celebration. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I didn't make sunrise uh, this year, but, um, you know, who knows? Maybe hopefully down the road, but uh, I know it's always a good time. And then we had a great Easter service. Uh, Dalton First Church of the Nazarene was a, was a good time there, and yes, um, and so the Spirit was there, and uh, yeah, so it was really, really good, and um, you know, you got the opportunity to preach Palm Sunday. Right. These next two Sundays, <laughs> you're going to be preaching again. Yes, this weekend, I am traveling down to Wrightsville Church of the Nazarene. Which is a long ways away from here. Yeah. <laughs> but it's all right. I love, actually, I like to drive. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. It gives me a chance to think, and mm-hmm. a lot of times I just drive in silence. Yeah. But I'm, I'm preaching there, and then next week... Um, I will be preaching at Woodstock nice. Church of the Nazarene. That so, is yeah, awesome. I'm nervous and yeah. I'm excited and I'm just looking forward. The prep is my favorite. I love yeah. the study. And, yeah. You know. So yeah, I started school this week too. Yeah, so. you've got so much going on right now. <laughs> I know. So my little brain is just is overloaded mm-hmm. with lots of w- words, but I love words. I love to read and write, and yeah, I'm kind of doing all the things I love to do: songwriting, still, and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been good. So good. So, well, we'll be praying for you. I know you guys will be praying Thank for Pastor you. Rhonda. If you're in those areas and you want to uh, see Pastor Rhonda, she's at Rossville Church of the Nazarene. Yes. And then you're going to be at Woodstock Church of the Nazarene yes. the next week. Right. And uh, so go go find those service times and uh, go support Pastor Rhonda. And, uh, you know, you also have other news. You have just accepted another part-time position at a church, too, as well, right? Yes, I did. <laughs> So you don't changes. have enough going on, and um, so <laughs> yeah, you want to so, talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I am. Um, I, I get the title mixed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's family worship pastor. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be focusing more kind of like, I guess, congregational care within families, within that context, and really um, trying to get some children's ministry going mm. and um, just really ministering to our family units. Also, that opens up more doors for me to preach and I'm excited and um we're still working out the details on the worship part um we have someone um David does a great job with the the worship already Mm -hmm. and so I'm just going to supplement that for right now and um just enjoy um singing and worshiping and being part of what he's doing Mm. and then maybe adding in and you know, having him a part of the kind of thing, kind of the worship that I do. Excellent. So, yeah, we're going to be blending those 
two things together in the next few weeks, but it won't be this week or next because oh my God. That's but, right. Um, but yeah, I'm very thankful. Pastor Mark is amazing yep. and he's been a great friend for a long time and mm-hmm. I've enjoyed working with him. Yeah, we got to have him on sometime yes. and uh, Hi, come, come join us. <laughs> we got to get another microphone though, so <laughs> but we're going to do that. So um, yeah, so glad. So many exciting things going on yes. for you. And um, like I said, I know uh, our listeners will be praying for you. And Thank you. Um, so, uh, and we got the podcast too, you know, so uh, exactly. been trying to crank those out uh, on a weekly basis for you guys. And so, uh, so it's been really, and really good. Really, we should record before we start because we start talking. Talking about these passages, and I'm like, I'll never remember to say that as soon as we start recording. But that's part of the fun, too. It is, is part is of the prep of getting ready and just, I don't know. It, when you get two people that just love Jesus mm-hmm. and love scripture, it's like the Jesus in me and the Jesus in you is just like, I don't know. It's, it's a very beautiful thing. And I know. Um, I, 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 I got to be careful because sometimes I'm like, you know, when we were talking earlier, and I have to realize. The people that are listening to our podcast, they have no idea what we were talking about earlier, you know? know. It's so easy for us to have conversations and be like, yeah, you know, you remember what I was saying earlier? And it's like, well, wait, you guys, you guys have no idea what we were talking about earlier. Right. Maybe we should start doing some Facebook lives or something. We ought to do that. We should. Or we talk about the passages a little bit. So uh, at least record them and then put them out later on. So in case we miss something in these podcasts. And um, there's so uh, many well, all of the passages this week are yeah. just amazing. Mm-hmm. I have read them. I have kind of jumped, just trying to pick my passage for this Sunday right. to preach. I have jumped from one to the other, and I'm going, I don't know. And I guess because we're just coming right out of Easter, right. and resurrection mm-hmm. is what our faith is about. Right. I mean, it pivots around this. I mean, that was the pivotal moment, and mm-hmm. Um, and like we were talking earlier, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's so much more than um, just death over life, but it's this unleashing mm-hmm. of this new creation. Mm-hmm. N.T. Wright says, like, new creation is on the loose. Yep. And if we really, really understood, we were saying last week in the podcast, we really can't understand right. Good Friday. We just can't wrap our minds around that. We really can't Easter either no. resurrection mm-hmm. because... Again, it is a historical thing that happened. Jesus was raised from the dead, and he walked out of the grave. That happened. That was a moment in time in history. But, man, the implications of what does that mean? What does that mean for the world? Mm. You know, that's such a big picture. And then what does that mean for the church? Right. What does it mean for me? Mm. You know, there's a there's a place for, for me into this context of the church that's reconciling yeah. all these things to, to God. And it's, I don't know, it's just big. Yeah. And if we really understood that, Churches would be packed out the Sunday after Easter, and I'm right. not. I'm not hating on anybody that's not going to church this week. I, I promise I'm not, because yeah. I'm thankful that people will show up for church on right. Christmas and Easter. There's not a thing wrong with that, but um, but if you really understood mm-hmm. what it means for you, what it means for the world, and what's coming, because this new creation is making all things right. Mm-hmm. Healing, home. I'm excited today. Can you tell? Man, I wish I was going to be at Rossville this weekend. To uh, no, it's so good. It's so good. And you know, um, these passages, they it almost seems like they don't fit 
for the Sunday after Easter. You know, if you look at just the overall story, which we have the privilege of being able to do that, um, it's, it's easy for us sometimes to say, oh man, why is this passage in the lectionary? Why are these passages right here? Um, but I think as you begin to unpack them and peel the onion layers back um, on these passages, um, it really does begin to make sense because it's so easy for us just knowing the story, um, mm. just to kind of look at it and we and read it and we know what's coming, but man, to really try to put yourself in the position of the people mm-hmm. and the disciples, because um, there would have been this this huge question, right? Like you follow this guy for three years, mm-hmm. um, your rabbi, your teacher, you give everything to you, and it wasn't just the disciples; there were women and other people who were following him too. And so you give everything, and you're, you're following this guy, and then all of a sudden talks about this death and you don't understand this death, but he also talks about this resurrection and you don't understand this resurrection. Well, he dies, right? And mm-hmm. you're afraid you've deserted him in his death. Um, you have right. said that you're going to follow him to the ends of the earth. And now you're all of scattered. a sudden, right now you're scattered and you know, the women go to the tomb the next day and, um, and the body's not there, right? The right. stone's been rolled away and, and, and now it's, it's they're at this place where it's just kind of like, what now? Right. right? Like, right. what Confusion. now? Um, what are we supposed to do? How, how are we supposed to? And, and I, if you can just try to somehow put yourself in that position, um, not that you know, okay, they're going to go and they're going to start a church and they're going to change mm-hmm. the world. But, man, just put yourself in the position of the disciples um, and those who follow Jesus during this time, you know, it really does, I think, begin to make a little bit more sense. And, and then it makes a lot more sense of why maybe this this is here for the Sunday after Easter. Right. On a deep level. So we're going to read the John passage, the gospel passage this morning. And um, so it comes from John chapter 20, um, 19 through 31. And it reads like this. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. And after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And the disciples rejoiced when they saw mm. the Lord. And Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. And so the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. And a week later, his disciples were again in the house and Thomas was with them. And although the doors were shut, Jesus came and he stood among them and he said, peace be with you. And he said to Thomas, put your fingers here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. And Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing, you may have life in his name. Wow. Mm. That's so good. That's the 
the passage that most of us have been taught to say, hey, that's the Doubting Thomas Doubting Thomas. Yeah. And he gets a bad rap. I think he does get a bad rap. But as we were saying earlier, (laughs) 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 yeah, I mean, he... There's so many things there. First of all, we, we talked about how he wasn't there the first time. Where was he? Yeah, where was he at? Yeah. Where was he at? That's, I mean, that's a great question because um, everybody else is afraid, right? There's right. there's this fear that this passage essentially talks about, and they're, in, they're behind locked doors. And it says because of the Jews. Now, a lot of people have unfortunately taken this passage and turned it into something that gives them permission to be mean mm-hmm. to a certain group of people. Um, and I, I just, I do not believe that that's right. the reality because we got to remember um, Jesus was a Jew, right? right. <laughs> Jesus was a Jew. Um, but there's this fear there's uh, amongst the disciples. But for some reason, Thomas is not... Either he's not afraid or there's something that essentially is going on. You know, this is one of those times where you really, really wish that, um, yeah, there was more to the story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I wonder, um, and I was actually listening to a podcast earlier, they really kind of brought up this really, really good point um, that, um, you know, Thomas, uh, if you go back when Jesus says, hey, I'm going to go to Jerusalem, all the other disciples were like, no, 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 no we can't yeah. go to Jerusalem. We can't go because they're going to kill Dangerous. you. And Thomas was the only one that was like, well, hey, like, no, let's let's go to Jerusalem. Let's go and we'll die with him. Um, and so, uh, you know, Thomas, I think, had some kind of grasp potentially of, of what was going on. Um, and then um, we don't, it's not a part of this passage, but if you go back to John chapter, uh, well, it's actually, actually in John chapter 20, where Mary meets Jesus um, at the tomb and she thinks that he's the gardener. Essentially what Jesus tells her is, hey, I am going um, to my father. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to ascend to my father. Go tell all my brothers that I am getting ready to go and ascend. And so Mary goes back and she tells them, hey, Jesus is alive. The tomb is empty. And she tells them everything that Jesus has said. And so Thomas would have heard that, that, right. you know, Mary would have said, hey, I am going back to my father. And so the the mentality or the thought potentially could be is Thomas just believed Mary. Right. If that's what Mary came and said, if she had talked to Jesus and Jesus said, hey, I'm now going to go send and be with my father. And now all of a sudden you're not there with the disciples and disciples. Hey, Jesus showed up. So maybe Thomas is simply just kind of doubting the disciples. And that's why he says, you know, until I put my hands, you know, in the in the pierced um, pierced scars and in his side, you know, I'm not going to believe. Um, was essentially just him maybe just doubting the disciples. And so, you know, he does get a, a kind of a bad name. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, the disciples were scared and, you know, maybe they were scared for some good reasons, right? right if Jesus right. is alive and walking around. And walks right through the wall. <laughs> I mean, hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, hi. But maybe they didn't want to see Jesus. Yeah, they were probably embarrassed and they were probably, you know, um, just well, embarrassed. I mean, and scared. Yeah, like, yeah, what is yeah, Jesus yeah. going to say? Yeah. You know, is he going to get on to me, or is he going to say, "Where were you? Yeah. You know, you you didn't stick with me in my worst day, my worst day of my life. You know, when I was being killed, where did you go? Yeah, where were you at? Is he going to seek revenge? You know, is he the Messiah now that's going to <laughs> raise up the army or, you know, strike down people? And so, yeah, I imagine all of those thoughts potentially right. would have been running through their through their brains. But then Jesus shows up, right? And the first thing he says is peace. That's the first words out of his mouth to them is like, calm, calm down. Yeah. You know, it's okay. It, you know, everything's going to be okay. I mean, he brings this, this calm 
to them to, to mm-hmm. silence, I think, those fears and all those things that they thought. And, again, we see his grace towards Thomas. You mm-hmm. know, he doesn't say, what do you mean? You know, <laughs> you know, he doesn't, he doesn't reprimand them, and I, I love that. Yeah, absolutely. It's, he definitely comes with that desire for, and, you know, you can go back to the original language and um, this really harkens back to shalom in Hebrew, which is uh, peace, which is really this so much just broader than just this calmness, I guess, or whatever. It's, it's this wholeness. It's this completeness. It's, um, and it's, it's, it is this, Hey, I don't mean you any harm. You know, I, mm-hmm. I want you to be whole and complete and that's my desire for you. He doesn't just say it once. He actually says it, uh, a couple of times to them right. just to, I think to reassure him. And I think that should help us try to get into the mind frame of the disciples that there really was this fear. What is Jesus going to do to us? Right. <laughs> you know, what, what's, what's, and what's going to be his response. And, um, and then he does this crazy thing, um, in the book of John where he breathes on them. Right. <laughs> And that's mysterious because, yeah. you know, it doesn't make sense when you um, line that up with Luke's version of mm. receiving the Spirit. Right. Was there two occasions mm. of, was this a deposit of yeah. the Holy Spirit where the baptism came later? Or was this just John's version of what happened? You know, mm. it, there's a lot of scholars with a lot of different, and that's okay. It, it's okay that everything doesn't line up perfectly sure. for our understanding. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, that's the beauty of the Bible. Um, and I think lots of times we try to contain it because we feel like, well, it's all got to line up and it's all got to make sense and there can't be. Um, but, you know, it begins to make sense if you just read through the book of John. Because um, right. earlier in the book of John, Jesus talks about this mentality of his death but he goes on to talk about that, how he's not going to leave you alone. Yeah, he's not going to leave you alone. Okay. There's going to be a spirit be that's going to come, right? <laughs> There's going to be a spirit that's going to come and rest upon you. And so for John potentially not to put this in his story, it, would not, it wouldn't have made sense. It wouldn't have completed. And so in order for John to be able to complete the story of Jesus and the good news, he— Jesus has to give the gift of the Holy Spirit to his people, right? And it's not like John would have been sitting down with Luke and Matthew and Mark and been like, all right, I'm going to cover this, and you're going to cover this, and you're going to be covered for this. Like, like, that's not how they would have been written. And so we've got to look at each story kind of on its own and let it stand on its own, and, and that's okay. And even if it, there's potential conflicts or whatever— um, but if Jesus, like I said, if he didn't give the Holy Spirit, then the whole story of John, it wouldn't have been complete. Right. I mean, that's that's one of the most important parts, right? You, we wouldn't tell a story and get to the end and be like, oh, we're not going to really give you guys, the, you know, the right. ending. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, um, and so I think that that's, that's why it's in there. Right. And it's important. Like I said, and to me, it's the beauty of Scripture is we have a lot of these individual stories. It still speaks into the overarching, huge story of Scripture. Um, but we just need to let Scripture and passages be what they are. Right. Instead of trying to, you know, fit them into, well, it's got to fit into our mold and and – and, and I don't think that's what Scripture really should be about. Right. And speaking of Scripture, there are so many good passages yes. in this week's lectionary. And this John passage is kind of a historical thing. This is what yeah. happened, like, right after the resurrection. This was that night. Or did it say that evening? I can't remember. But um, it was, you know, close after the actual resurrection. And a passage this week also from the lectionary is in First Peter, and that's fast-forwarding quite a few years. Yeah. I think around 60, maybe, something like that. Mm-hmm. 
Um, don't quote me on that. But anyway, it, it's, it wasn't like the day after. So Peter, you know, he was there. You know, we know what happened, um, you know, how Jesus commissioned him after, mm-hmm. you know, soon before he went back. And he's like, do you love me and all this? So Peter was there yeah. for his ministry. He was there, denied him, and he was there at his ascension. Mm-hmm. So now he's writing this letter in First Peter chapter 1, and he's writing to these Christians, these believers, right. that um, they're, they're scattered and they're being persecuted. This is like the persecution of Nero that's just ramping up. That's mm-hmm. getting really, really bad. And so what does he do to encourage them? Mm-hmm. He brings them back to this moment of resurrection yeah. because the resurrection changes everything. Yep. And we have to remember that as we move forward, we should be excited every single Sunday because our faith is all about that pivotal moment of when he walked out of that grave and Mm. that's what he does in this passage and i think it can help us even though we're not being persecuted but we still we're still in this process of of this new creation that's the suspension of the not yet already kind of thing and i think we as people now we can find ourselves in this passage Mm -hmm. of like what does the resurrection mean for us right but i'll read it um it's first peter chapter one starting in verse three I was going to read it from my laptop. Here we go. All right. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you who are being protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this, rejoice. Mm. Even if now for a little while you have had to suffer various trials so that the genuineness of your faith being more precious than gold that though perishable is tested by fire may be found to result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Although you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy. For you are, you are, this is present tense. You are receiving the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. I love this Mm. passage because, and I think it kind of trips me up like when I first read it because I guess translating from Greek to English, there's a lot of run-on sentences there. And it's like... A lot of commas in there. Yeah, a lot of commas. (laughs) And I even had the little dashes. And, you know, I had to take some of that out and make sentences without that extra stuff to be able to to get it. But what he is saying is because of God's mercy, y'all, we're only saved because of his mercy, only because of his grace. Mm. We do not save ourselves. But he's speaking to believers and he's saying that by his mercy, he has given us a new birth Mm. and that has positioned us for two things and that is for a living hope for now and also this inheritance that's about to come Mm. at some point you know that's the future thing and it is so beautiful to think about this living hope um living um he would have used this word because like when you think of a pond it's kind of a a stagnant it's not doing anything but when you say like a living body of water like a river you know it's living so our hope is like it's not stagnant it is living so he, we have this hope for the here and the now for you know for today 
in in the here and now, we're going to have trials. And that's what these people were dealing with. They were being persecuted and it was about to get really, really bad. And um, so he, what he says to them is, you know, you can have, even though you don't see me Mm. or you don't see God or you don't see Jesus, um, you still love him. And that little word see is Mm. so cool because um, it, it, it implies really two meanings. It can be a physical see, like these Mm. people were not seeing Jesus because he had already ascended at this point. But, um, that word is also like a spiritual seeing, like, aha, I get it Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And so in the context of this, he's talking about their trials and I, you know, I, I don't know if I'm right on this, but what I'm understanding is he is saying because you don't see God at work because you don't know he's working behind the scenes because you don't see what he's up to um but you love him anyway because you trust him mm-hmm. now you're gonna have this joy and that is so cool because they can see beyond they're seeing with their spiritual eyes not just a physical scene and wow. I think that is so cool because that is, you know, when we keep our eyes focused mm-hmm. on him, that we'll have joy no matter what's going on in our lives. And we see that in the other passages, mm-hmm. and I won't take the time to read, but um, in Acts, I feel like I'm on a roll. Am Do I talking it. too no, much? No, 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 go, go, go. Okay, so in Acts, Peter, the same person that, that wrote this, first Peter, he, this is um, right after Pentecost, and he is just on this preaching role, and he's talking about how, you know, you killed Jesus, but he was raised from the dead, and then he, he goes off into this messianic psalm. He starts saying, this is what David said about him, and then he gives us a picture of how did Jesus do this? How did he endure the cross? How did how did all this happen? And he quotes David from Psalm 16, and he says this about Jesus. I kept the Lord always before me. I kept him set in front of me, like mm. fixated. I fixated my sight on him. Now, we know that wasn't a physical right. scene. It was a spiritual scene where he kept his father in front of him. And we know that through his ministry, he mm. went away to pray all the time. But but he kept his father's face before him at all times. And then he had him by the right hand. Now we know that he didn't physically hold God by the hand, but this is a spiritual. So he held mm. on to God. And then later on in that Psalm, in that passage in Acts, it says that in his presence, mm. that's where the fullness of joy is. Mm. So jumping back to this first Peter passage, we can have this joy that's so big, that is just so enormous that we can't even find words in the midst of our trials, in the midst of persecution, in the midst of all of this stuff for the here from the now, when we keep him ever before us, we won't be shaken and we won't be moved. So good. One more little thing out of this passage that I love. Yeah. Um, it says, um, For you are receiving the outcome of your faith. That's Mm. a present tense thing. You are receiving the outcome of your faith, and it's the salvation, like the deliverance of your soul. Mm. And um, when we talk about the salvation of our soul, most people think, oh, we're saved and our soul lives forever in heaven with Jesus. But this is really the deliverance of, like, who we really are. Mm. We are being saved in the present tense now of our core identity. So good. good. So good. So yeah. So in all of these passages, did you notice there was this 
idea of seeing. I yeah. know there was a lot that happened in the the John passage with yeah. Thomas, but you know he wanted to see physically, right. you know, the scars, and um, and that's okay. And then in this in this passage, you know, it is you've not seen him, like you don't know what he's doing behind the scenes, and he's not here. You don't see him, but you love him anyway. Mm. That's the secret. To all of it is yeah, just yeah. knowing because of his resurrection, everything's okay. Yep. The resurrection really does change everything. Yeah, absolutely. Well, because we believe that on the cross something happened. Like he defeated sin, he defeated evil, he defeated hate. All yeah, hate. He defeated revenge. He defeated all of these things. All of those were defeated on the cross. And the resurrection is the invitation into that new life, um, which is such a beautiful, beautiful thing. But I think lots of times, you know, once again, we, we doubt each other. We doubt, st- you know, the witnesses. We doubt. It's so easy for us to put ourselves in Thomas's position that we, mm. we doubt all of these different things. And, um, and you know, Thomas is the only one, you know, just kind of going back to the John passage, that when Thomas finally sees, right, and he has this experience with Christ, that's where he, he cries out, my Lord and my God. Like he has this confessional moment that essentially puts God at his true rightful place. Right. And he's the only one, only disciple that we hear of in this right. book um, that does right. that. It's right. just just Thomas. Um, and so, like I said, I think he gets a bad rap, but I think Thomas, Thomas, there's, there's almost just something to this Thomas that he just knew. He doubted potentially the disciples and what they said and how they said it. But, but after he has this full on encounter with Christ, that there is this opportunity um, for belief and belief is hard sometimes. Right. And really that kind of ties back to something yep. else in this Peter passage. Yeah. I just kind of ran over, but we talked, I had do a Bible study on Tuesday nights and we talked about this in, a, in this translation in the NRSVUE. Mm-hmm. It says, um, where it goes back where you have to suffer various trials so that the genuineness, I can't say that word genuineness mm. of it. your faith, um, <laughs> It's not about the size of your faith. Right. It's not about the amount of your faith. It doesn't matter how big your faith is or how small. Mm. It's the sincerity right. of your faith. Mm. And I think that was Thomas. He was sincere, mm. you know, and I think that's God always looks in our yep. hearts and he can handle sincere doubts. He can handle yep. sincere anything. Yep. It's not about you know, trying to increase my faith or make my faith more bold mm. as much as it is genuine. That's right. Because Easter should make a difference in our life. Yeah. Easter should make a difference. <laughs> and if it doesn't, yes. <laughs> and if it doesn't, then, then, uh, then, then we got issues. Yeah. We have issues. We, we live life different. We can live a life of hope. We can live a life of joy. We can live a life even, and we talk about this all the time, but I just, I think the scripture talks about this. Like, even when life stinks really, really bad and there's suffering and there's persecution and there's oppression and there's all of those things, if we live as though resurrection makes a difference in our life. Right. Well, we live like we've been talking about too, that cruciform living yes. kind of a life. And we yep. see that even in this Peter passage too, because it says we've been given a new birth. Before you can get a new birth, you got to die to the other one. I just sounded real Southern right there. <laughs> die. But you can't have a new birth until right. you're dead to the old one. Mm-hmm. 
And, and that's God's desire for us is that we would have life and have it to the fullest. And, and, and that's, it's, it's hard, but it's simple within the same right, man. If, if you want to have joy in your life, you want to have hope, you want to have peace, you want to have all of these things in the midst of life, then, then there is something to, um, this mentality. And, you know, John just sums it up, you know, that, um, through believing you may have life in his name. And there's, there's something to this mentality of, of belief, not having it all right, right? Like not having all the right theology per se, not having the Bible figured out where everything is 100% matches up and, and makes 100% sense. Not, it's, it's not any of that. It's just there's, there's something to this belief that if we believe, then we may have life and life to the fullest. Not in who we are and what we're about, but it's about, him. At his great mercy. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and it all, yeah, and it just all connects, and it's such a beautiful, beautiful truth for us if we will, will allow ourselves to live into that. And um, but it's, it's it's not easy. Um, it's it's so easy when you're going through suffering to say, I've got to do everything I can to get out of this suffering, to make sure that my family's not suffering, to make sure my family's provided for. Out. Yeah, and um, and and you know, I, I wish. Well, maybe not, but and a lot of people, I wish I could tell you, you know, you come to Jesus and everything's going to be gravy from that point on. But, um, you know, he, he, he promises that he'll be with us in the struggle and the journey. And, and then the end, when it does come, Yep. I mean, we get this inheritance yeah, yeah, that yeah. he mentions. And, and I was thinking about inheritance, you know, just, you know, when you have parents that, you know, leave you, yep. you know, their possessions, their jewelry, or their this or their that. Eventually, all that stuff yeah. doesn't last. Sure. So the the things that he does have that he's keeping, like in safe keeping for us, mm-hmm. we can't even wrap our minds around that. Yeah. Um, and I'm thankful for the here and now, but I mean, for the forever and ever part, we just can't, I can't even get there because, <laughs> right. you know, because of the peace and the, the joy here. But my goodness, what he has in store for the end, mm. the the beginning of the end. I mean, how do you say that? Yeah, like yeah, forever yeah. and ever, we just can't, we can't fathom it. Yep. And it's a gift. Yeah. It's a gift. Everything's a gift. And it's a gift. He what desires kind of God to give gives. Mm. Every other God takes. Mm. But yeah. He's the God that gives. So good. Um, man, I hope you've enjoy, enjoyed this journey with us. And, um, man, you preached. You preached. <laughs> Can you go with me Sunday? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, no, so so looking forward to hearing uh, about that. And uh, I know you're going to rock out on some some first peter it's going to be so good and um it's good material yeah so good material we hope you've enjoyed it and um yeah it's, it's been awesome to, to, to kind of have this dialogue hopefully you maybe understand a little bit maybe about why these passages might be the next sunday um after easter and we just want to encourage you you know as you're living this out and as you're going to church even on that first sunday after easter um, I know a lot of pastors take off. There's going to be a lot of, you know, um, and that's, it's fine. I think that's just kind of normal. But man, approach this Sunday with, um, with a fervency that you approached the previous Sunday with. Yeah, because Easter is the season. 
And yeah. we have to remember that it's not just a one Sunday in the spring. Right. It, there is a season, a yep. Lenten season, an Easter season, yep. a Christmas season, Advent season. This is a season. Yep. So soak in it and just let it transform you because it is transforming. 100%. 100%. And I did list the passages um, on our yes. Facebook page. If you go to Growing Hope Living Faith podcast, podcast. Yep. on Facebook, I have the passages on there. Yeah. Um, at least you can reference those and go read all of them. Yes. And like I said, some of these, like this one, I had to read um, with my English lens to mm-hmm. be able to really get it to, you know, kind of rearrange some of the sentences. But yeah. To be able to hit. Yeah. yeah. And if you want to con- have comments or, you know, thoughts or prayer requests or any of those things, uh, feel free to reach out to us at uh, growinghopelivingfaith at gmail.com. Uh, that's our email address. And um, we'd love to potentially try to journey with you through all of those things. Mm-hmm. Man, this was uh, so good passages. Um, like, there's so many different avenues we could have gone, but um, we, we hope that you have learned. We hope you've been encouraged. Hope you've been challenged today. And uh, know that we love you and are praying for you. Grace and peace. God bless. Bye-bye.